What is good, family? Happy Sunday. Today, we're going to be talking about identity in Christ. Who are you? What they say or what God said? I'm Leah. I'm Mike. I'm Joanne, Pastor Soaring Diamond. <laughs> and this is TJRJ. Uh, we hope you guys enjoy the stream. Make sure you guys are commenting where you're coming from um, or where you're watching from. And if you guys are getting anything throughout the stream, we'll be checking in with you guys, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Leah's going to help us stay, you know, in tune. But make <laughs> comments. I think it's really important that give us some hearts. Give us some. I just was doing some likes and it was that smiley face with the heart. Oh, that's cute. That little, what's up with that? That emoji? Yeah, that, I don't even know. I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, that was weird. But, and if you have questions, put them in the comment section because Leah is going to hook us up with whatever your questions or comments are. Right, Leah? Yes. Def definitely uh, ask questions and make comments because like a lot of times people in the church, they sit in the pews and then the pastor speaking. And then a lot of times people don't have a chance to ask the pastor, you know, what did they mean when they said this or that or their thoughts or clarification, because there's a lot of people. Right. But we have the opportunity here. But yeah. So here, you know, we can we can talk about it. We can discuss it rather than just us spilling stuff at you. And then you just like, oh, OK, I don't really understand and go from there. So if you got comments, questions, definitely post them so we can talk about it. Additionally, we here really to grow from each other, help each other grow. Because that's what the word of God says. You know, we're helping each other grow. Iron sharpens we, iron. Yeah, we don't have iron. all the answers. And <laughs> there might be times when you have an, a question, we might not have the answer yet, but we'll get back to you. Yeah. Because thankfully we know the one that has all of the answers. All of them. That's exciting. I need some chapstick. But anyway, that was just a sidebar. <laughs> okay. um, so I'm really excited. Mike was like, Mom, let's do Identity in Christ. That's your favorite. I wouldn't say that's my favorite, but I really do like talking about Identity in Christ. Yeah. And I think it's just a personal um, subject that I like because I remember where I was and now I see what God has done and continues to do. And I'm excited to see people grow yeah. Um, and the understanding and revelation of who they are based on not what people say, but on what he says, based on what our Heavenly Father says. Because when we get to that place, everything changes, like everything straight up changes. Perception, once you see yourself in a different light, once you can see yourself through the eyes of the Father or just begin to see yourself you know, from the perspective of how loved you are, how planned you are. It changes everything. And I said planned, and I thought of the testimony of my life that I don't really like to tell too much because, you know, others might not feel so great about it. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see mm -hmm. what God says. Well, um, I think it's really important understanding who we are because it's, it's, the, it's the way we perceive our lives. And who we called who we are called to be. So it's really a contrast of who you think you are based on what God has said, like you said earlier, or what the world says. Mm. And the world can do both things. They can go too high, which they give you a lot of compliments and ooh, you're this, you're that, you're this, you're that, and find the answers in yourself is hidden within. No, that's not who you are. But then they can also go too low, which is you're not this, you're not that, you're not this, you're not that. 
which is why we got we have a lot of disasters that happen within the world between people like mistreating one another and not loving one another because we're not really taking in who we are in christ you know what i'm saying so it's understanding who we are is extremely important for us to not go too high and overthink of who we are or not go too low and undervalue ourselves so it's that that keen middle will be who god called us to be it was sweet spot that sweet spot it'll keep us sober minded about who we are it'll keep our proper perspective on who god is it will allow us to properly fear him not and and not fear man so but honor man but honor man at the same time understanding who they are understanding who i am and understanding who god is so amen amen um you know a lot of times i think that we misunderstand um a lot because of our lack of identity or not really understanding yeah who it is that we are you know when you were saying that it made me think of the scripture that says don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to right and a lot of times i think that um confidence and boldness and um humility all those words get all jumbled yeah and sometimes people think if you're this you're this like a lot of times people think you know humility means that you're downtrodden that's not humility at all for example right so you know confidence is yeah i think i'm all that and a bag of chips no that's not confidence either right you know that might be haughty or pride or arrogant yes so you know these words a lot of times are thrown around but when we get to know our identity in him like all those words change even if you don't go to the dictionary once you know who you are in him it changes your perspective about a lot of things it changes your perspective about yourself it changes your perspective about people it changes your perspective you know when you consider god it changes how you feel about yourself it changes the level of offense yeah you know i've learned that offense comes from lack of identity yes um, and I'm going way ahead of myself, but a lot of times, you know, we're walking around in a fence um, because we don't understand who we are. Therefore, when someone might criticize you or hit you below the belt, you know, in the name of Jesus, you know, you might take it personal. But the reality of it is that when we keep our eyes on Jesus, like today, like what we was talking it, you know, in church, once we continue to praise Jesus right then we can begin to be confident in us yeah because throughout the process of us praising him we're being pruned things are being plucked out of us we're changing on the inside not because of anything about us but everything about him right when we realize who he is then we can see ourselves in a better light we're not creators we don't determine who lives who dies but we're not the creator right right we're not the creator we don't determine when somebody lives or dies we don't determine who somebody is or somebody isn't like you know there's things that are um completely in the hands of god yeah and when we're able to understand who he is or begin to understand because 
his ways are so vast but when we begin to understand who he, he is it begins to give us an understanding of who we are you know what i'm saying yeah. and when we begin to understand the character of god it changes our perspective of ourselves everything that he does he does it with purpose so if i'm here there was a purpose it's not a mistake regardless of what happened when we understand that he is perfect we understand that he created us to be perfect in him you know and i could go on and on and on right there but you know looking at god and seeing him through his word not through opinions not through deep rooted belief systems not through culture but according to his word we begin to open our understanding yeah and opening our understanding will align us with him and if we're aligned with him then we have the we have the opportunity to now live freely in him absolutely so we want to we want to transition our thoughts of who we are from what the world sees what we have been taught to see mm. versus what god sees that's good so we want to transition um our sight from what what we've been taught to what god sees first samuel 6 7 it says but the lord said to samuel do not consider his appearance or his height for i have rejected him the the lord does not look at that at the things people look at people look at the outward appearance but god looks at but the lord looks at the heart second mm. corinthians 4 18 so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary but what is what is unseen is that's eternal so when we look into the mirror that's not who God sees. Amen. Nor is that who we should see, who who we should be able to see about us. Just that, just that image in the mirror. That's good. Because that's not the real us. That is that is the fading part of us. But the true us is the identity that He has given us, which is the part of the part that He judges, the part that He looks at, the part that He is all that He's expecting fruit from. A the lot part of, that he's changing. The part that he's changing, adjusting, forming into his into his image, into his likeness, forming into um, who he has made us and who he who he has formed us as. Like I think you put a description here. He before he formed us, he knew us. In other words, when your form came, it was an afterthought of who you already were. But we've been taught to look in the mirror and decide that's who I am. And that's not who God says you are. And I have to jump in here because you 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 went in right with that scripture. I believe it's Jeremiah 1.5. Uh, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and approved of you as my chosen instrument. Before we were in, before we were even in our mother's womb, before our mother or father even had a thought of us, we were ready with God in eternity. He already had us in his mind. He already had a plan for us. He was like, okay, such and such is going to be born on such and such a day because this is what I want them to do to enlarge my kingdom, to bring people to me, to instruct people about me. But a lot of times we think that 
uh, the first thing about us or the first thought of us was when we arrived here. Right. But no, we were with him in eternity. Imagine if we got the understanding that when we got here, the plan was already established. It was already in effect. Already what we were going to do, what we were going to be, what gender we were going to be, were we female, were we males, how many children we would have. Everything about us about us was already determined by God. Right. So even though our parents didn't know that they were going to be married, that they will have kids, how many kids they will have, where they will live, where none of that. God already knew you. He already had the plan. To me, that is so mind boggling. It takes a lot of pressure off of us. That's what it does. That's good. Because it's like, we're busy trying to discover a lot of times who we are. When we're little children, we have all the ideas of what we want to do when we get older. I want to do this. I want to do that. And then somewhere along the line, those things kind of get compressed and washed out out of most people. And so then they begin to try to discover who they are. And then the biggest issue that we have is that we don't come to the word of God. But we don't have to discover who we are. We just have to discover who Christ is so Jesus can reveal who we are. So let's look straight um, right from the jump. You got you have Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Then God said, let us, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, make man in our image according to our likeness, not physical, but spiritual personality and moral likeness. And let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and over the entire earth, and everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Mm. So we were made in God's image. So you are not the person you see in the mirror. You're more than that. You, the part that who you really are is the part that we should really be addressing day to day. The part that's eternal. The part that we actually address, most of us address every day is the part that we see in the mirror. But that's not who we are. It's how we judge ourselves. It's how we see ourselves. It's how we determine if God really wants to use us or not. By the things that we see about ourselves. This is what I've done. This is what I've accomplished. This is the school I've went to. This is who taught me. This is who didn't teach me. This is why I can't do it. This is why I can't. All of those things, God is not, not saying those things aren't important, but those things do not impress God because he already knew you, formed you, and established a plan for you before you accomplished anything. So the part of who we are is this. We are made in the image of God, not physical, but in the spirit, which is the personality and the moral likeness. Mm. So God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So if we don't even properly see ourselves, how can we properly worship him? Of where a lot of times, one one of the one big issue that I had a lot of times when I was younger going to church was you can't wear a hat inside the church. That was a physical outward appearance that God did not judge me based on. That was your judgment of me, but it's not the image that God had of me. God was concerned what was going on the inside. And he tells them, do not be concerned with the things on the outside because that's not how God, that's not how God judges. That's, that's exactly the first scripture that you came, you opened with first Samuel six, seven, 
Do not consider his appearance or his height because he has rejected him. Um, because a lot of times, and this is the thing, we've we've grown up like this, right? And I remember when you guys were, were small, like before you leave your, this house, your shoes got to be clean, your clothes got to be ironed, your face has to be clean, your hair has to be like, like perfect because until then we don't leave, right? And the thing that we don't realize is that we are telling our children this is what's important. But we don't consider when they're telling each other, the siblings are cursing each other out, being mean to each other, talking derogatory words to each other. When we as parents are saying things that are not in agreement with the word of God, we don't realize that we are building or breaking what God has deposited in each and every single one of us. And the reality of it is you you said a few minutes ago, I need to go back for a minute. You said when kids are small, they start imagining all the things that they're going to be. But we're, we're living in a culture now. You ask most kids. I said most kids, not every kid. But you ask most kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? You got high schoolers that have no clue. Yeah. And it's because, first of all, what we see out there has tainted what we're supposed to be and we don't want this is where we want to bring the conversation that the world will no no longer taint who god has called us to be and the way we teach our children sorry i just had to interject. no so with you even saying that where does identity in christ even begin and that's the biggest issue well here's here's one thing that i can um i would say and this is something that I would like to put at, to, at better practice. Like you said, before we leave the house, we tell our kids, and I tell my kids this for sure, get your clean shoes on, dress yourself, clean up your face, fix your hair, um, make sure you're lotioned up. You're not out there looking ashy and bummy. <laughs> like, because those things are important. Mm-hmm. And, and we're not saying those things aren't important. Exactly. But... Do we give the spiritual identity just as much value? So when we're le- and practically, this is how we can do it. Before we're leaving the house, are we prepping for where God wants to bring us? Are we saying, are we praying with our children before they leave the home or before we leave the home? Are we giving just as much preparation to our spirit man as we are to our physical man? Excellent. Like we're, we're focused on what we're looking like on the outside. Our shoes are on. Our hat, our hair's done. Our our clothes are white. Ashy. You're not ashy. So, are before you go out, are you ready to preach the word of God, Lord? Are my gospel are, are the shoes of the gospel of peace on my feet? Do I have the crown of salvation on my head? Like, am, am am I ready to step into the life that God is the the walk and the steps that I'm going to take after I leave this house? Am I telling my children, this is who you are. This is who God called you to be. Because if I just leave it only at the physical appearance, then naturally what's going to happen is they're going to grow up looking at their physical appearance. But if I say, hey, make sure your shoes are tied, make sure your hair's done, and let's pray that we can be focused on what God is saying and not what man is saying, now is going to shift the perspective. Absolutely. It's going to bring value to the identity of who we are in the spirit and not just in the in the natural realm. And and not only that, the purpose too. Like when and and not only when you you using the example, I know when we're walking out the door, but throughout the week. 
yeah. day to day? Are we making sure that we are putting as much emphasis, emphasis and importance the word. on the things of the spirit, which we are, which you read there in Genesis um, 1, 26, 27, that it's not the physical but our spiritual personality and moral likeness that should be like Christ. So are we um, putting emphasis on the spiritual? Are we throughout the week encouraging them? We read the word. What did this scripture mean? What did you think that that meant? That we're praying. Who do you want to pray for? Who do you, who's the Lord, um, you know, pinpointing to you that we need to lift up in prayer? Yeah. Are we taking time for those things? Because, and, and this is where I was going, that today, because we allow these games and television and social media determine who we, who are. we are and who are, because we're not only doing it to us, we're doing, we're doing it to our kids. How many adults are not most of the time on social media and now their children are little and now their whole identity is wrapped around that video I need to put up. How many likes did I get? But we're not concentrated on concentrating on those children's spiritual um, maturity. We're not concentrating on their spiritual identity. We're not concentrating on their real identity. Yeah, because the, that, and that's it, their real identity. Exactly. We're concentrating on what the world has determined. That's why, Leah, what was the title that you guys put on this episode? Who are you, what they say, or what God says? Exactly. So what they say or what God says? And and what are we emphasizing in our own lives? Exactly. And, and you know, a lot of times the, the issue is, right, that we are not encouraging these things at home. And the problem is, and this is convicting me, is that we're not encouraging it at, in our children, in our home, because we're not encouraging it in ourselves. Like these are, this is extremely practical as to what we're talking about right now. Absolutely. Like who, who am I? I'm focused on my physical man, but I should be more focused on my spirit, on my man. spirit man. And I know that he has called me a conqueror and I know that he has called me, um, he has, he has saved me and he has renewed me and he has called me wonderfully made. But am I... I get dressed every day and every single day I make sure that my clothes are right. Am I also making sure that I am founded and grounded in these things spiritually before? And I'm, am I training my children up to look at these things, which are even more important to God, the things that we do not see? And that, that of, of nothing else, I definitely want to emphasize on that is that we need to be more concerned with what we do not see who God, how God is looking at us, which is we are prepping constantly to look good on the outside. But are we prepping constantly for the Lord to cleanse us and reveal to us who we are on the inside? Yeah. And, and I just want to, um, you know, sidebar here. We're not saying, because this is a, a, a misconception, understanding or a concept that is 
congregational, mm. um, that, you know, your, your identity as Christ is you're a preacher or a deacon or an evangelist. Nope, not or, at all. We want to just emphasize that that's not what we're talking about at all. I think we're going real. I think we're going way more basic than that. Yeah. So, I think we're like right at step one, which is you are spirit. Yeah. So, so it's just really important to say, because a lot of times, you know, many of us have, have come up for a long time in the church. And a lot of times nobody's talking about who are you? Right. Are you a lover of Christ? Are you considering if you are representing your King properly? Are you in your word? Not because of the message that you got to give, but are you in your word because you want to become more like the man Jesus? You follow what I'm saying? You're spending time in prayer. We need to get together to pray, but are we praying because we want to be cleansed? We want to make sure that we're walking in a way that's pleasing to the Lord, that our lives are a pleasing aroma unto the Lord. And a lot of times these things are not discussed. Right. Even as, as you know, leaders in the church, even as pastors, you know, we're making sure that, you know, the congregation knows enough scripture that you bring people to the church because I'm going to minister to them. But we have to make sure that that the people in the church, just like our family members, our children, our spouses, that we are being living testimonies and examples of who Jesus is so that we can represent Christ properly. And a lot of times that's the reason why us, us as the church have left a bad flavor in the mouth of the world and even other people that have been at church. And it's because we haven't, you know, as a body made identity priority. And it's, it's important. No, it's, it's where our whole life streams from. It's vitally <laughs> important because if we don't know who we are, it's because we don't know who he is. Because when you get to know who he is, you have no other choice but to receive the revelation of who you are because everything that I am is in him. So if I'm seeing him, there's no way that it's not being poured into me. That's the only reason that I can understand. That's the only reason that I can see because his spirit is pouring it into my spirit yep. and is revealing to me. And that's what happens a lot of times. So, you know, I hope that as we're going through these different scriptures and through this conversation that we are opening up our minds to the, the value and the importance of identity in Christ, that we're not so, you know, overly um, emphasis, our emphasis is not on who's in the mirror. My makeup's got to be right. My hair's got to be right. And don't get it twisted. Like, I love my hair to be right. But sometimes we overdo it. I won't go to the supermarket because if my, my hair ain't right, like what? I'm I'm so over that. The other day, was it yesterday or the day before yesterday, I went to the store with maybe Jerry and Josiah. And I was looking busted. But I said, you know what? Let's go into the store. Because if you need to judge me based on what you see on the outside, you need Jesus. Because I never proclaim to be perfect, but I am perfect in Christ. In him. You follow what I'm right. saying? And what I look on the outside don't mean nothing. For too long, we've been taught that 
oh, you know how the world does. If you go to court, you wear a specific outfit. If you go, go to school, if you go to work, oh, that's all fine. But I'm in the presence of my father. Before I don't know about you. I don't know about you. But before my father, I didn't have to have no special outfit. Whatever I look like, I was daddy's girl. Oh, none of that was relevant. So we take the word of God and we twist it to mean something that it isn't. Yeah, we're supposed to fear the Lord. That's a given, the way we fear our parents, because we have a respect, but it has nothing to do with our outward appearance. None at all. And for too long, like a lot of times, for certain days of the year, we can't go to church if we don't have this right outfit. A lot of times on Sunday mornings, people won't go to church because I don't have the right outfit. Bruh, get it together. And we got to come out of that carnality. Straight up. There's deep-rooted belief systems that are in us that are not in agreement with the word of God. And I know that this is not going to be popular. Right. Because in many cultures, you're serving Christ has to do with what you look like on the outside. Miss me. Because with my father, I never had to impress him in any old way. What was impressing to my father, and I mean in the natural, is that I set a perfect example for my family. That's what it was. Don't make me look bad. That's right. what my dad used when to you say. Go out there, don't 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 be make me look. Don't, don't be making me here. people, and then that comes back on me as I, I raised you, like to be doing all this stuff, and that's not true. So if my so dad don't make me look bad, if my yep. daddy is my my daddy, if my dad being a carnal man, and when I say carnal, I mean carnal. He was making sure that we didn't make him look. That we represented him properly. Properly. How much more, my heavenly father? Well, you brought up an, a, a very important part, which is representation. And this is why a lot of times the church gives a bad flavor to other people outside the church. is because we're focused on the wrong part of who we are. We're focused on we're fro focused. We're focused on the outside rather than the inside. But understanding who we are allows us to properly worship God, Excellent. and this is why. Because when we're focused on who we are, when we when no when we understand who we are, we allow Him to work in us, and it allows our hearts to be obedient to Him. Too many times we're out trying to allow our physical actions to be obedient to Him. But our hearts have to be obedient, which will pour into our physical deeds. Amen. So that's that's a lot of time. So this concept of our of our identity looking and acting a certain way, it's wrong. It's just a pretend. When God wants the, the real us, which is the part that nobody sees later on, is the part when we actually look in the mirror and we're probably handsome and beautiful, but feel disgusted because of whatever's going on on the inside. Excellent. That's our true identity. That's where God wants to live. That's where God wants to restore. The fact that any, any ailment on our body, can he restore that? Yes. Will he restore? Yes. But those are... Those are afterthoughts based on what God really wants. God's after our hearts. That's why Jesus said, if you even look at a woman with lust, you have committed adultery in your heart. In your heart, you have done that. He, didn't, he doesn't care that you didn't only commit ad adultery on the outside, that you didn't act out that, that, um, that thought. He said, I already judged you based on what your heart has already felt wow. and what you already desired. He's saying, so I'm judging you based on your heart. A lot of times we're thinking, if I don't act this, 
if I don't act my thoughts out, I'm, I'm good okay. because nobody sees it. But we're concerned with people because we're concerned with the things that are perishing. We have to be concerned with the things that are not perishing, which is the part that is made in the image of God, which is our moral standard, which is our spirit. That is what's made in the image of God. And though that is actually the part that he says when he breathes into us, we become children of God. That is the part of him he restores. And that's the part of us that he's working us. Exactly. That's the part of us that's becoming more and more like him. That's the part of us that's being transformed. So naturally, so a lot of times this word, this kind of word, would, which is stops focusing so much on your outward appearance. Oh, but we can't be looking a mess. And no, I'm not saying none of that. I'm just saying stop giving it so much power in your life. If you spend five hours looking for something to wear throughout the week, six hours, seven hours, people go to the store for hours on end looking for things to wear. Cool. Do you. But however, how, how much time are you spending working on your spirit, man? How, how much time do you spend working on, on your heart, on your mind, the way you think? Are you allowing the Lord to transform? you and renew your mind. Are you, or are we just like, what, if I look good, then I am good. No, that's not what God is saying. God's saying, I see you. I see what nobody else sees. And that's who you really are. And then what happens is the world begins to teach us to focus on this part. And so we negate that part. But then what we don't notice is that they begin to instill thoughts and ideas of who they think our spirit man is. Who they think we are. And, and we attach to those ideas. I am this. So we agree with I, that. Yeah, I, I am this nice shirt. I, I can put this outfit on. And I'll, if I'm fresh and I'm looking good, then I am good. Then we allow that to either puff us up or bring us down when we ain't got the right shirt, when we ain't got the right shoes, or when we ain't got the right makeup or car or job. We allowing all of these other things, and he, and here's where it goes into. We allow it to disqualify us from the life that God, God has called us to because we're focused on the wrong things. How many people don't speak the word that God has given them because they didn't go to um, seminary or because they didn't go to a specific school or, or was approved by a specific someone? Because that person said that now you're going to negate the word and the life God has called you to because why? Because somebody says something or because you didn't qualify or you're not looking the part. Now we're focused on the wrong part of us. And so we're, we're believing what other people have to say. We're believing their lies over what God has already spoken over us. Before I formed you, I knew you. He already said that. He didn't say, I formed you, then I knew you, then you got qualified, then I used you. He didn't say that. Before I formed you, I already knew you. Before we were even in the perishing state, before we were even able to perish, he already knew us and predestined us. We came here. We've seen ourselves in the mirror. We've seen what other people have accomplished. We've compared ourselves. And therefore, it began to tamp down what God is saying and what God has done for us already. And so this is why we want to encourage every listener, begin to discover what God has said about you. And then focus on those things. I'm not saying don't look nice when you go outside. I'm not saying look like a fool when you go in court. No, represent the kingdom in every aspect. But let's focus 
on where God is focusing on our hearts. If you got ugly shoes on, you can still preach the gospel. You still got the gospel of peace and beautiful feet because you spreading the word of God. It don't matter what your shoes look like. And we keep going to like just basic clothing and these things because this, we can all relate to these things. Nobody really wants to go out and look a hot mess. So we, we take the time and prepare ourselves to look good. But let's also take the time and even more time to prepare our hearts to get in a secret place and say, Lord, show me who I am in you. Show me who you are. Allow me. I thank you for being my refuge. Let me find my strength in you. Let me find my, my joy. Let my joy be in your strength. Give me the peace that surpasses all understanding. Give me these things. Clothe me in your righteousness, Lord. Let's focus on those things. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and let him add every all other part. Other things. It reminds me of Felix um, when we were younger. You always say like we had we didn't didn't have much money growing up, so he would look a hot mess. Just pretty tacky. He he'd be looking tacky, and he'd be like, "Dang, bro, you can't dress." But really, what was going on is I'm not focused on what I'm wearing. I'm focused on doing what God has called me to, which is making sure my family is made well, is well and taken care of. So it's more important for me to make sure my kids have clothes and food and a house than me putting on a new pair of sneakers and me cutting some food out of the budget this week. A hundred, a hundred. So it reminds me of that because doing what God has called us to leads us to do what's better for somebody else. So me enable me being able to see who I am in Christ is going to help somebody else understand who they are in Christ just simply by the way I treat them. If I see a girl being mistreated and I tell them why are you why are they mistreating you? Why are you allowing that? You're made in the image of God. You're beautiful. You're wonderfully and fearfully made. Now it's going to put they may reject it or may accept it at the moment, but I still planted a seed as in they're not allowed to treat you like that based on what they said or based on what you think, because this is who you actually are. So me being me understanding who I am gives somebody else the opportunity to understand who they are in Christ. Amen. That was I, I I'm almost awful, sorry. Yeah, I'm almost past the um offering plate. <laughs> 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 Hallelujah. But um, yeah, no. Everything that you said was was right on point. And you know, the reality of it is that that's the 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 times that we're living in, the culture that we're living in, everything, you turn on the TV and everything is about phys- physical appearance. And, and everybody's trying to teach you who you are. Everybody, everybody has a suggestion of who you are, yeah, but they don't even know you. That That's that's what it is. And everywhere that you go, everybody that you, you know, you meet want to tell you who you are. You know what gets me to and and. You know, I hope that this is shared with young people. A lot of times friends try to determine who you are. All the time. You know, and I remember saying this to somebody recently, like, your parent, if they're believers and followers of God, they've been praying for you all your life. So how could somebody come in and tell you who you are? And it's important that we are pouring into our children as believers. It's important that we're praying for our children. It's important that we're training them in the way of the Lord. It's important that we're pointing them toward the word of God. It's important that we're speaking the word of God over them. Mm -hmm. Because it's a number of things that have to happen in order for us to grow our identity in Christ. And the reality of it is, is that we need a support. 
support system. Yeah. It does take a village to raise a child. It does take different people because you're, you, your children, you're not always going to find yourself in an environment where it's positive, where you're being spoken of positively, where you're going to hear people speaking positive words. So it's important that we are molding and shaping our children in the image and in the likeness of God. How? By speaking the word of God into their lives. Because as we've spoken before here, and we know that the word says there's power of life and death in our tongue. So it's important that we speak those words upon our children. It's important that our attitudes reflect who Jesus is. Why? Because we're depositing something in them. A lot of times we don't realize the impact that we have with those around us. You know, I think back now, you know, completing the parenting process in a sense, you know, you guys are all old heads. And now, you know, I'm watching my grandkids. Um, me old. Yeah, old heads. Watching my grandkids um, growing, I can see now all the mistakes that I did while you guys growing up. First of all, not knowing the Lord, that was a big negative. You know what I mean? And then even coming to the Lord and not having, you know, enough people around to really pour into me and to say, this is a yes, this is a no. Nevertheless, seeing the faithfulness of God, that when you spend time in his word, he's going to shape you. He's going to mold you. He's going to instruct you. He's going to lead you. Those are his promises. And in order for us to really come to a place where we are being revealed who we are in him, we have to be in the word, but we also need others around us to pour into us. Yeah, That's why it's so important who we have around us, who we're allowing to speak into our lives. A lot of times people are not mindful of those that are around them, but it's, it's just so important because if you have the wrong people around you and you're trying to grow an identity, if you have, if you're hearing the wrong things all the time and you're not doing as much as you should be doing, guess what's going to happen? You're going to look in the mirror and continue to allow other people to dictate to you who you are to determine what are the things that you need to do to become grand and great. Especially if their opinion's important to you. Exactly. Like, for example, this is another thing we were talking about recently, and I think you mentioned it. A lot of times we have determined based on our culture, what we've heard, what's going on around us, external things, external things to determine or to dictate who we are. Do we have a degree? How much money do we have? What kind of car do we drive? Who am I associated with? A lot of times, this is in the body. Yeah. We have been convinced that those things are the things that make me. And that shows you that it doesn't matter how much somebody knows about the word because those things impress us. How many scriptures somebody knows, how well they can articulate, you know, a message the reality of it is that you know somebody's knows their identity in Christ by the love that they have for one another. That and that's 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 really important. A lot of times people think that we know who we are, like I'm confident in who I am based on how I like 
address myself. Mm. But really, really, it's how I address other people. Exactly. Because Jesus didn't count himself as nothing. He counted himself as, as nothing. nothing. So it didn't. He was. He said, I'm going to look like a fool. Because it doesn't matter. Because it doesn't matter who you say that I am. It only matters but what a, he says. But a person who's concerned about their image is actually more concerned about what somebody else has to say about them. Oh, that's good. Which is why they're overworking on their image. Because, like, look at Jesus. Like, seriously. He was, like, denied, like, big time by all of the the people that everyone looked up to. So it's like... By the who's who's. The who's who's denied him. The Roman Empire, the Pharisees, anybody who had any idea of... um like who God was allegedly they were denying Jesus and they were confusing the people, but it never deterred Jesus from what his mission was. He, we went and he actually looked like a fool. Like think about what he has. He went out and, and spoke of something that they never heard about. He made all of these weird claims and then he's like, it doesn't matter if you believe me or not. He like he went to a festival. The disciples are like, let's go to this festival. He's like, no, it's not my time to go. You go. But then he shows up later and he finds himself in the front. Obviously, he's talking to the who's who's at the festival. So he pops up out of nowhere. Boom. And he's talking to everyone. And he's just being hated amongst half the crowd. A lot of us would not put ourselves in that position because we're not confident in, in, in the Lord to do such a thing. We're still worried about our image. And so it makes it tougher, not understanding who you are in Christ. It makes it tougher on us to, do to, to live the life God has called us, to, called us to because we're too worried about what others are going to say about us. And we cannot effectively effectively live for the kingdom if I'm concerned about what somebody else has to say about me. Because I'm going to go outside and I'm going to look like a fool. If I begin to tell you, uh, if I walk up to somebody who apparently has everything, but I tell them, listen, the God that I serve actually wants to deliver you from even yourself. They're going to look at me like, you know who I am? Bro, you're broke. You have nothing that I want. I'm going to look like a fool and everybody around them will stand with them because the, the message of Christ is foolishness to those who are perishing. Exactly. So I have to be willing to look like a fool to be made into the image of Christ. Why? Because according to the world, Christ looked like a fool. Yeah. His stomach is going crazy. So am, am I willing? So this is, this is where it like, this is like the, where the rubber meets the road, where it clashes with us. Like I said a second ago, the, the message of Christ is perishing to anybody who, who's it's foolish, it's foolish to anybody who's perishing. So am I willing to say I'm going to take on the identity of Christ and be looked at as a fool to the world, to everyone around me, my family, my friends, my, my coworkers, my, 
the people who are judging me, the people who I meet day to day, the people who I'm supposed to be helping, am I willing to look like a fool in their face in order to, to live the life God has called me to and be the person God has known, known me to be in eternity? Mm. Or am I going to um, compromise that who God has called me to be in order to look right in front of man now? And, and you know, that's, that's, that's where, like you said, the rubber meets the road. Right. Because the reality of it is that the majority of us wouldn't. But the reality of it is, too, and, and I'm reading some of the scriptures that we have here, and I'm thinking about that sometimes the very things that we have professed that make us Christians, we don't even believe. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, and, and I want to get into this, um, the word says that we are children of God. Yes. If what? Like the word says, but as to many as did receive and welcome him, this is John 1, 12 through 13. He gave the right, the authority, the privilege. It was a privilege to become children of God. That is, though to those who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on his name, who were not born, not of blood, a natural conception, nor of the will of the flesh, a physical impulse, nor of the will of man, but of God. And a lot of times we do not really believe what the word says. And a lot of times if we are not doing what the word asked us to do, commanded us, I should say, commanded us to do, are we really followers of Christ? Are we really children of God? Because a lot of times, again, I know so many people that unless they told you, oh, I'm a Christian, you would never know that they're believers. Mm. You would never know. Because they do everything like the world. They listen to secular music. They um, get high. They smoke weed. They're getting drunk. They're cussing, they're sleeping around, you know, and we know that according to the word of God, that's not what makes you or doesn't make you a believer. But those are the things that fall off of you. Those are the things that Jesus cleans you of when you are in him. Right, because your heart becomes obedient to him. So then your your deeds just follow your heart. Exactly. So it's just the conviction begins to occur. It begins to you, kick in. Yeah, and, and I Wake say up, this. You know, a lot of times people say, you know, oh, we all grow at different levels. But I know a lot of the things that I stopped doing, it wasn't me thinking about I'm going to stop doing this. Right. I didn't even realize that they came off until later. I was like, whoa. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But the reality of it is, is that a lot of times people don't believe the word. They're just repeating what somebody told them. And I remember, you know, I say this all the time, you know, when I first got saved, people will go out there, um, you know, just to get the people to repeat these words. Okay, they repeat the words and now they would say, oh, you're saved. And I used to think this is a bunch of hoopla. And that's what happens a lot of times. Like the word says, just because God created you doesn't make you his child. Right. So if we know that our identity in Christ is that of being a child of God, what does that come with? If you're a parent, you know your child cannot do whatever he or she feels like it. That's that's not going down. Right. So why do we think that we can come to the kingdom of God and do whatever we want 
to do and think that that equates to us still being his children. The word says to them that received him and welcomed him, he gave the right, the privilege to become his children. And what happens when we believe, I love the amplified version because it says, um, to become children of God, that is to those who believe in and look at what it says to adhere in, no, to adhere to, to trust in and to, to rely on. on, to adhere to. If you are a child of God, you adhere to his ways. Yes. Let me say that again. If you are a child of God, you child of God would adhere to his ways. That's what makes you a child of God. Oh, a, a, a message like this is not really popular today. I'm not going to say some of these preachers nowadays that you see them on social media, that they're, you see one of their concerts, you don't know the difference. <laughs> this is not popular because we want to say that we're Christians and le live however we want. That's not having an identity in Christ. Right. Because when, when we say that we believe him, when we say that we receive him, then he gives us the privilege to become his children, which means that now we adhere, we rely on, we trust on God and his word. And transforming into this idea of what you're saying, allowing our mind to be transformed into the idea that we are spirit now. We put no confidence in the flesh. None. We put no confidence in what we see. That is a hard message because, number one, it takes boldness to allow the Lord to come into your heart and begin to shake things up. Mm. Like we're, we're, we're so used to doing something in our, our entire life. And then one day the Lord reveals himself to us and, and, and then we, we receive him. We're made whole. We're, we're, we're made new. We have an experience with him, but then what happens is he, he begins to move us in the direction. Exactly. And, and to, we don't like change. And at, at, to adhere to those new steps, to that new life that he has called us to. It's, it's, there's a lot of beauty on the other side of that repentance, but before you repent, all you can see is what you're losing. Not what you're gaining. Not what you're gaining. But let me tell you what's another beauty. And this is why I love serving the Lord. And this is, I think a lot of times it's not said enough and people don't understand. That he don't leave you to your own vices. Right. He's not expecting you to make this change. He promises that if you rely on him, if you adhere to his ways, he will change you from the inside out. Yes. He's going to give us a heart of flesh. He's going to do the changing, the renewing, the restoring. But a lot of times we have been taught. You, 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 right. you. But the reason why we can't change is because we're not relying on him. Right. We're not trusting him. We're counting our selves, our accomplishments, what we see as important. Uh, absolutely. And it's destroying our life in him. And, and it's destroying the the life that we're supposed to have in him. It's It's even... Um, destroying the perception of who he is because we're a lot of times not willing 
to adhere to the word of God. Listen, if we're believers, there's something real foundational and basic that we need to be doing. We need to be taking time to talk to him and we need to be taking time in the word. Absolutely. Like that's a very bare minimum. And and once you do those things, there's no way that you cannot be fellowshipping with other believers. And why I took this quick moment to inject this or insert this in here, because for too long, we've been trying to do this on our own. It's not attainable on our own. It's Im- actually, it's impossible. Impossible. And a lot of times we think that, like, like I said today, you know, just because you do something good, it doesn't mean it's God. Right. Nowhere in the Bible does God tell us to do what's good. He tells us to rely on him, to seek him, to cry out to him. That's what he tells us to do. Never does he say, hey, I need you to do this. Because he promises to meet us right where we are. But religion has come to show us, oh, you, this is what you need to do. And until we change our minds and realize that now when we come to Christ, we are new creations. How could he be so confident and to tell us that we're new, knowing that what happened was in the spirit, it was supernatural, nothing happened on the outside, but he's still saying you're new because he's relying on himself. By, is this is by grace. He's trusting That's on it. what he can do through you. That's why he's so confident in the work. That's why he leaves it to us to choose. Choose this day whom you will serve. He loves us enough and he's so confident in the work that his son did that he knows that's enough for us to reflect who he is. I mean, you got to get that. There's nothing, so there's nothing that can that can wash away our sins. Nothing. But what Jesus has done. That's it. Like we we took that and we understood that when we came to him. You are cleansed of the your sins by the blood that was shed on the cross. Mm. There's nothing he's he didn't say you could do anything to deserve that bloodshed. Nothing. So now that we we started out. By depending fully on him, that we may receive the seed and the seal, uh, the down payment, the deposit for eternal life with him. Mm. Why do we think at some point it switched into, I depended on him for salvation, but now I depend on me to live the life he has called me to. That's silly. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. He calls us to do things in him, but he is going to do it through us. So yes, we have to crucify the flesh. Yes, we have to be obedient to what he is saying. But understand everything that we are obedient to what he is calling calling us to do, everything that we everything that we do for him, it's him actually doing it through us. It's like today I was uh, he telling me to pray for someone and he said, "Are you going to be obedient?" I'm like, oh, what if this doesn't happen? What if that doesn't? Are you going to be obedient? Period. That's it. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing else. It's are you going to be obedient, and are you willing to just receive the outcome, whatever I feel like doing? Yes. Okay. Then go do it. Period. 
That's all it is. So our life, our identity is wrapped in who he is and who he says we are. So we want to encourage you today that our life, our identity is number one, we are spirit. Let us make man in our image. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. If we begin to grasp that one idea that who we are is not who we see in the mirror, the person who we see sitting next to us, that's not who they actually are. It's the person that's within them, their spirit man, the one that we do not see with the physical eyes. If we begin to understand that we put no confidence in our own in our own flesh, we put no confidence in our own abilities. We put all of our confidence in him who has set us free. We live to please the spirit and not gratify the things of the flesh because gratifying the things of the flesh leads to death and it leads to sin. But Christ came to give us life and his life is in the spirit. So now that he has raised us up, now that he has washed us clean, we want to take the idea of who we are and glean from his word to to get everything that we can of who we are in him, not in ourselves, in him. We are founded in him. We are encouraged by him. We are made new in him. We receive his spirit. We receive his joy. We receive his peace. We receive um, our calling, everything we receive from him. So we, the more we stop going to ourselves to look for these things, the better we'll be. The more we go to him, the more successful we'll be in him. Um, and I want to um, I want to add this scripture because you cannot talk about our identity in him without um, acknowledging the scriptures. And I know that we're kind of like going kind of long, right? But there's a couple of scriptures I want to throw in. Um, we are new creations. Mm -hmm. We all know that scripture. But again, I encourage you, there's certain scriptures that if you read them, if you're just reading if you read them in the Amplified Version, it gives you a little more clarity. And, and meditate on these words. Yes. Like, take your time. Really, really, like, like I don't know if I've said this before. Cows, when they, they eat grass, they chew, 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 chew. They swallow it. This sounds a little bit nasty, but look at it in the spiritual sense. And once they swallow it, they let it sit down there, and then they bring it back up, and they chew it again. What that means is that they're taking everything out every of nutrient, that. Yeah. yeah, everything, every little thing, they're taking it out. And that's what we need to do with the word of God. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, what is it to be in Christ? That is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as your savior. So being grafted, it's a whole, it's a whole nother thing. But if you're grafted in, you're not like Jesus is there and you're here. Grafted in is you become a part. You become a part. Grafted is not God is in heaven and you're here on earth. No, grafted is we're spirit and now we get joined to his spirit. Wow. And a lot of times when we think about being in Christ, we don't see the oneness. We can't imagine the oneness. But the Bible is clear when it talks about a vine. We get grafted. It's like a, a, a branch is cut and we're, we're um, 
connect it and a, some tape is put around it until we become one. It the, fuses together. Yeah, thank you. It fuses together. So the longer we are in him, in his word, we're surrendering to him, we're speaking to him, we're fellowshipping, we're listening to his word, we're being obedient to his word. The Before you know it, you don't even need the tape anymore because it's not... You're not even seen anymore. It's all him. You have been grafted. You have become one with him. It already happened in the spirit when we accept it, but it takes time for the manifestation to come about. And then it says, he is a new creature. What's a new creature? Reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. So your newness it was not something that you did. It's something that the spirit of God himself right. has done. It's not nothing that we can do. And if we could wrap that around our minds, things can change. And then it says the old things. What are the old things? The previous moral and spiritual condition. Listen, we were sinners the on a way to hell. And now we're righteous. And we belong to a new kingdom. When you belong to a specific kingdom, that's what you look like. That's what you walk like. A lot of times we don't understand that we're not part of that old kingdom anymore. We're part of a new kingdom and we have a new king. And the same way that I did anything I needed to do to make sure that I represented my family well, how much more in the kingdom of God? Right. And that's where we need to get. A lot of us don't, we're not raised in a way that honor and loyalty and respect is a thing. But if you get into the word of God, this is where you learn what is required of God. And when we submit to the word of God, it becomes easier. It says that our old nature, the old things have passed away. Behold, new oh, things have come. Why? Because of a spiritual awakening that brings a new life. The spirit of God transferred us from death to light. My little glass crack. From death to life. Now we have been awakened to a new kingdom. Mm -hmm. We are now alive in Christ to a new king in a new kingdom. You know, a lot of times people say I'm a new creation, but they don't know what that means. Right. Because when you know what that means, you walk different. If you work at a specific place and you start out being the mail carrier, you go to school and you graduate, right? Yes. Now you go in there as one of the, um, give me a job that you might've been a male. Now you go in there as the architect. You ain't beat for the mail. You in that room talking about, this is what I'm going to do. This is my new, in, um, you know, design. This is what this building is going to be like. Once you know who you are, once you've been transfer transformed, you begin to walk according to that transformation, mm -hmm. according to that newness, according to that advancement. So when you realize that you're a new creation in Christ, you're like, bro, I have the victory. I am a daughter of God. 
I am victorious. I am free. I am healed. I am one with Christ. I am the light. When we realize what it is to be a new creation, you would never walk the way you used to. You would never talk the way you used to. And you would never allow the things that you allow. So we have to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us what and who am I in you. But that's not going to happen until we get into the word of God. Listen, pastors are great. Prophets are great. Teachers are great. But guess what? You need to spend time with the father because only he can reveal that to you. How many times haven't you read in the word something over and over and over? Somebody preaches it so eloquently and you walk away like, wow, that was pretty great. But you still can't live that thing out. Because it needs to be revealed. Right. So I encourage you, you know, as you listen to this message, I pray that you listen to it again. And that you um, decide to commit to the word of God, to commit to taking time to speak with God and ask him, reveal who you are to me so that I can know who I am in you. Right. It's, it's, it's crucially, man. It's so crucial because I'm telling you, this is a a sidebar. They just dropped into my spirit more recently, you know, because when you know who you are in Christ and somebody doesn't know who they are in Christ yet, or someone's not a believer, your confidence could be offensive to them. It's like you were saying perishing. What's that scripture? um, To those, um, to the the fool. The, the, gospel, the gospel is foolish to those who are perishing. Right? So when somebody's perishing and they see light, that's foolishness to them. And that's offensive. Right. The word of God is offensive to him that, oh, Lord, I hear you. The, the word of God is offensive to him who's perishing. Your life. If it's reflecting Christ, it's going to be offensive to those that are perishing. So what happens a lot of times? What did Jesus say? They try to kill me. They offended me. They criticized me. Why do you think they're not going to do it to you? Has anybody ever came and hit you below the belt? Called you all kinds of names? I remember there was a time when I was snapped. I want to rip your head right off and... Straight up. I ain't even styling. That's the real, the realness. But today, I just think, I'm going to pray that you will come to know who Jesus is. Because when we understand that we're part of a new kingdom, we will not respond the way we used to respond. And having an understanding of who you are in Christ even changes the way you deal with people. It even changes the way you respond to people. It even changes how you are offended or not offended. It changes the things that you accept or don't accept. Knowing who you are in Christ changes the people that you allow in your circle. Like knowing who you are in Christ changes Your whole perspective. Changes everything about your life. 
I mean, you know, I'm saying it now. And again, you don't even realize the effect that allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal to you who you are based on the work that he has done and what he has predestined you to be. You don't even know until it's actually happening. I'm here talking about it and I'm like, wow. You know, just thinking about incidents that maybe not even that long ago, I would have snapped in a different way. And I'm so glad that we serve a God that's faithful, that his promises are yes and amen. And if he said that he will do it, I'm telling you. Consider it done. Yo, take it to the bank. Consider it done. You feel me? Take it to the bank. Did I leave you speechless there? Yeah, totally speechless. You did that to me a little while ago. Oh, I'm sorry. I said, just pass the basket <laughs> because I don't have another thing to say. I'm no, good. but I'm uh, good today. <laughs> yeah, bro. Um, How about you read that next scripture? Because Which is... whichever one you want to read, bro, whichever one jumps out to you. Because there's a few scriptures here. Well, I just I just want to continue to harp on the idea that you are spirit. You are spirit. And the, the more we can grasp that understanding, we can do everything that you have said. That your real person is not what you see. Your real person is not the peop is not the person that people are actually judging. The the people that are that's why they say that's why the word says, when they hate you, they actually hate me. Well, they hated me first. Yeah, and they hated me first because the, our real person is the one that the, the word is continually telling us, do not look at. You cannot see. It's eternal. So look at the things that you cannot see. Look at the things that you cannot see. Focus, Consider the things. Focus on those things. The ones, the ones that we cannot see. That means your heart. That means you're, the ideas of who you are. If you can get the God's ideas of who you are, it will change the, the entire outlook of your life because you will begin to carry yourself in a, in a totally different light. Amen. We'll Amen. be able to be conquerors. Like would you put here, we'll be able to understand that we're loved. We can understand that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We can begin to understand all of these things only after we understand that we're made in the image of God. And always people say, oh, if you were made in the image of God, how come you look different? I, you look that like we all look different. Why? Because it's our spirit. That's made in the image of God. It's our spirit that he's restoring. It's the our, real us. It's our spirit that he's redeeming. It's our spirit that is going to go home with him. It, it, it's not our flesh. Our flesh is perishing. It's leaving. Um, when, I, when I was 10, I looked different than when I was 20. When I was 20, I looked different when I'm 30. And when I'm 30, I'm going to look different when I'm 50. And so on and so forth. My outward appearance is always changing. It's perishing. It's, it's, but the identity is able to stay consistent and no matter what circumstances it, it, it is in. It only gets better. Our bodies, they fade and they perish and they get broken down and they begin to deteriorate. So w- the circumstance of time is going to change what our identity physically looks like. But with time this, and no circumstance can change who God has called us to be. Um, our identity in Christ 
has continuity. What do I mean by that? That despite the many changes in our circumstances, it doesn't change who we know that we are in him. There's a couple of scriptures that I want to leave you guys with. Um, we are known by God. That's Psalms 139 and 1. I think some of these scriptures are really key for us to meditate on if we're not really, you know, sure who we are. Um, it says, oh, Lord, you have searched me thoroughly and have known me. Understand that he has searched us thoroughly. He knows everything about us. You know, the word says that he knows the amount of hairs on our head. And I remember somebody saying, maybe it was Leah. We have like a, a million hairs average on our head. Yet every single day we lose hairs and he still knows how many hairs are on our head. That's how he knows us thoroughly. Um, another one is we were created with purpose. Um, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being, not for disaster, to give you a hope and a future. Listen, you're not here by accident. And God has a purpose for you. It doesn't matter what has been said, what negative words has been, have been spoken upon you. It doesn't even matter how you feel about yourself. If you're here, when God created you, he sent you here with a purpose. Yep. Your mom was just the avenue that he used. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Just the avenue that he used. Nah, for real. Because, you know, some of us don't have a, a good um, story behind us getting here. You know, some of us were not planned. Some of us were not wanted. Some of us were rejected. But but God wanted you. God said, boo-boo, bye. Was, I want them there. It was not by, like, hasty physical desires that brought you about here. Although that's what might in, have been said. In the spirit. Mm -hmm. So when you were, you were born naturally, but then you were born again. And it was by God's choosing you. My God. God decided to say, I want him. There now. There now. I want him. I'm going to call out to him continually until he or she responds. Mm. Um, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's Psalm 139 and 14. If you're listening to this podcast, I will encourage you to read verses 13 through 18. Read it in different versions because I'm telling you, when you finish there, you're going to be like, whoa. Um, I praise you because you are, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, bruh. Um, we are overcomers. That's 1 John 5, 4. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith, bro, we're victorious. Yep. We're overcomers. We were designed, created for success. I tell my grandkids all the time, you were created for greatness. So there is greatness in you. So it doesn't matter what anybody throws at you. It mm -mm. doesn't matter what whatever comes your way. You are victorious over every situation. No matter what the outcome looks like, you are victorious. victorious. Oh, but I don't feel you 
are victorious. Oh, but I don't see, but I don't think it doesn't matter. You are victorious because Christ has already overcome. Amen. And because Christ has overcome and you are hidden in him, so you have overcome. This is why we need to adhere to who God has called us to be rather than what they say. Because if if you take a winner and make him feel like a loser, that's how they will respond to life. My God. And so I want to teach my kids that they win. Even when they people say they lose, you are still a winner. You are still victorious. No, and I'm not with the everybody gets a trophy at the end of the year. Neither no, <laughs> no. It's called discipline and it's called learning. But you are victorious. That's right. You Jesus are the, None of this makes you who you are. Your career doesn't make you. Your accomplishments don't make you. Nothing. Your education. Don't nothing make you. makes you. Who made you is Christ, and He has made us victorious because we are hidden in Him. Anything outside of that that tries to negate that word is a lie. And let every man be liar, but Christ is true, and His word will remain forever. Amen. Amen. Sorry, um, I had to throw that in. No, there. definitely, that was great. <laughs> She's just reading scriptures. I'm just like, let me go crazy real quick. <laughs> I'm all screaming. I love it. I love it. Um, and we are loved. Um, that's First John 4, 10 through 11. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it says, and this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. You are the temple. My goodness. I'm going there. I'm sorry, going there. Sorry. I, I, that's supposed to be one of them here. I don't think I'm going to go through all of them, but we are forgiven. That's First John 1, 9. Um, we are accepted. Oh, I love that. We are accepted. That's really important because there's so much rejection in this world. You know, from school, from when children are really small, yeah. there's rejection. But know that you are accepted by Christ. I love this one. I love them all. <laughs> but we are God's masterpiece. Bro, What? We are his masterpiece. Lee, I hope that you're putting these scriptures up there. Look, look at this real quick. There's two different ways that you can be built up. The world, this is how it builds. It tears you down and then molds you in the way they think you should go. Yep. But the Lord, he builds you up and makes you a masterpiece and shows you the way that you should go. Wow. And he says, make a decision. I built you up. Now make the decision. The world, what the world does, it says, I'm going to tear your confidence down. And I'm going to and then I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you the, um, the medicine to fix whatever you're missing. That way you can actually be good according to what I say. So anytime you're being broken down, anytime you're being torn down, that is not the way of the Lord. The world tears down, destroys, and it breaks. But the Lord builds up his children. Amen. And even, even in the hard times, even in the discipline, he is building you up. Look at the psalm. I, like Psalm 56, <laughs> Psalm 57. He, he was crying out to the Lord, crying out to the Lord. And then he says, but I have confidence in you because all these things that I'm crying out to for you, because to you because of, you have taken me out. So now I have confidence in you. And so what the Lord does is says, no matter through any situation, as we, as we just said, any situation I will pull you out of and I will make you victorious. The world says, I'm going to tear you down until you have nowhere to turn, until you feel like you have nowhere to turn, but to what I say so that I can accept you. 
So I'm going to reject <laughs> you, tear you down, reject you, tear you down, and then say, oh, come back to me. Yeah, let me fix you. Let me, let me make let you me fix you up. Now. But the Lord says, I'm going to show you who I've called you to be, and I'm going to restore you. I'm going to empower you, and I'm going to build you up. And then after I build you up, I'm going to still give you the choice to choose me, yes or no. Oh, man, that's so beautiful. And I love what you said, that he creates us already a masterpiece. Already. Just get with me, baby girl. I got you. I got you. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Okay. We are the light. Um, You are the light of the world. Listen, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You are a light not to be hidden. Let, so let anytime, the light shine. That's right. Anytime somebody's trying to quiet your voice and, and, and tell you, go sit down. No. No, you are called to be a light. Amen. And this is the one Michael was saying. Mike, you want to do the next one? You are a temple. Do you not do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you, whom you have received as a gift from God, and that you are not your own property? You were bought with a high price. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his own. So then honor and glorify God with your body. And it's just making me think. Where Jesus, he spent half his ministry in them temples, in them synagogues. And, and when he was walking, even the disciples said, look how beautiful this temple is. And he said, I'm going to tear, this is going to get teared down. I'm going to rebuild it in three days. This temple, we are the temple. So God, it wants to meet you in your temple. Mm. He made y- your body a place for him to dwell. You are the temple of God. If anybody else counts you as worthless, they are lying because the God who has created this universe, <clears throat> the God who knows the end from the beginning, the alpha and the omega, the, the savior of this world comes and restores you by putting himself inside of my you. Goodness. He says, you are my dwelling place, not a place made by human hands, but a place that I will build up. Mm-mm-mm. So you are a temple. Anybody count you as worthless, they are lying to you. They are lying to you. You are not worthless. Because why? Because you are the temple of God. And you are valuable because he gave his life, everything that he had. He paid the price with his life for our sin. For you, a high price. Yeah, with his life, his blood. He shed his blood. I mean, you can't become more valuable than that. Who will give their life for us? Nobody. Um, we are bold. Um, since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. Our confidence comes from him. We are chosen. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, humility, gentleness, and patience. But know that God is the one that chose you. You are forgiven. He has forgiven us of our sins. That's Acts 13, um, 38 through 39. We are free. I love that. Forgiven. We free. Are, we are free. So if Christ has truly set us free, now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law or to anybody. Christ that, that set us outside free. Outside appearance, mm. looking like 
Mm-mm-mm. You serve God, but denying him completely. Mm, Don't get tied me. up in that lifestyle again. Yep, yep. Oh, man. Um, and, and the last one, this is not the last um, thing that refers to who we are in Christ, but this is the one, last one I have on my notes, um, is we are righteous. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sin so that we can be made right or righteous with God to Christ. So our righteousness, our freedom, the fact that we're forgiven and chosen and bold, the fact that we are the temple and valuable, the fact that we are a light and we are a masterpiece, that we are accepted, that we're forgiven, loved, fearfully made created with purpose, known by God, a new creation, a child of God, made in the image and in the likeness of God. It's the very things that refer or to allude to who we are. And everything that we are is because of him. That's why we can take confidence in that. That's why we can be bold in that. Because everything that we are is in him who created the world. And he created us with a specific purpose for such a time as this. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, we've been here a long time. I told you, I get really excited to talk about identity because I just yearn to see other believers come to know who they are in him. Amen. It will change the way that you live, the way that you serve, the ways that you accept things from outside sources, the way you look at yourself. So we just pray in Jesus' name that these um, verses, you will continue to look at them and will continue to let the word change you from the inside out. We pray that you have been blessed. I don't know if there were any questions, any comments, but go ahead. There's one question that we can go over real quick before we wrap it up. But how about when you don't have those kind of people around you that helps you... um, help you like how it takes a village. Um, but the village is not always, you know, full of the right people. Basically. You want to go? I want to go. Carol's uh, you can start with that. So you, uh, you're the mom who's been uh, raising kids way longer. So I'm going to say that, um, a lot of times we get so introspective, Yeah. but the reality of it is that that's what, that's the only reason that we apply Hebrews 10, 25. Yeah. Not to stop, um, fellowshipping with the believers. That's the purpose of the congregation or the church. Mm -hmm. That's the purpose of the body of Christ. And that's why it's important that we get plugged in to a Bible preaching, um, Holy Spirit filled, inspired, casting out demon, praying for the sick, uh, preaching the word of God, ministering the gospel type of church, holy being holy in Christ. Amen. Dying to yourself. Um, that's why. Yeah. So it's important that we um, plug into a community of believers. One and two that we plug into those. Um, what do they call those? Those classes. The groups. 
because a lot of churches now have groups. That's the purpose of these groups. That's where you will find the people that you need to help you grow. Accountability. To help, yeah, to help you mature and that you will be held accountable. But the thing that we have to understand is that that takes time. Yeah. You know, to build and to grow in a community takes time. And sometimes it hurts. And sometimes it's uncomfortable because change hurts. But we have to be willing to be held accountable. We need to be willing to be um, corrected. And we have to be willing to give up those things that are keeping us from him. And and before, like she said, it takes time. So before we're able to even plug in with that community, before the Lord leads us to that community of people who can help us understand our first community is our father, our son, is the son and the Holy Spirit. Him leading and guiding us and us. And this is why it's so imperative to, to follow every command that he has spoken. Even when it's comfortable and uncomfortable, it doesn't matter. You have to follow every word. We And, and it's not a matter of, again, doing the proper things on the outside. It's allowing him to come in your heart. Allowing his word to transform your heart and convict you and, and convict you and make the changes as he exposes. Amen. And that, that's all it is. So he will lead you into, a, a, into anything and everything that you need for your family because he is a faithful God and he is a faithful father and he is a good and just king. So number one, your first community is the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. Get in get in communion with your father in heaven and allow him to lead you into every aspect and do not compromise anything that he is telling you. And when, especially when you have no one around you to even help you, it's even more important because you have no one else to really help you up until the Lord brings somebody to say, let me walk with you. Let me hold you accountable and you hold me accountable. Let's pray together. Let's eat together. Let's fellowship. Until that happens, we cannot take this lightly. Yeah, and, and you say that, and this is what dropped in my spirit, the person that we're being held accountable to and by has to be a believer, a person that's walking away, walking in a way that's pleasing to the Father, yep. that has their identity in Christ really. And that's being obedient because a lot of times we surround ourselves with people that are blind and yeah. the blind can't lead the blind. Let's just put it the way it is. Like get me, get me behind me, Satan, yeah. Peter, because you're, you don't you're have, bugging. you don't have the things of God in, in mind. mind. So, yeah. So, so, you know, realistically, if you are, you know, not near a lot of people, you have to get plugged in to a community. There's yep. no other way. You have to. Was and that do, it? And do not compromise God's, God's you were, perfect word. You were awfully quiet over there. <laughs> just listening. Awesome. You have anything to add? No. Awesome. Awesome. So we just thank you. Um, This is TGIFJ. I'm not going to add one more thing. I thank you for taking the time um, to... Fellowship with us. Yeah. Talk Amen. With us. Tune in. Yeah. And please share um the podcast. Um, Share with someone that you think might need this. Um, and always remember to give us those hearts or whatever. Those hearts, likes. the thumbs, thumbs up, the likes, comment, comment all yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, all of the above, all of the above. I'm Joanne Martinez, pastor of Soaring Diamonds. I am Michael. And I'm Leah. Woo, woo, woo. And we're done.